Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest is the anti-financial advisor. He teaches entrepreneurs and professionals how to get their money working for them today. He is the author, podcast host of the Chris Miles Money Show, and it has also been featured in US News, CNN, Money, Entrepreneurs and Fire, and has a proven reputation with his company, Money Ripples, in getting them fast financial results. Please give a very warm welcome to Chris Miles. How are you doing, Chris? <laughs> Fantastic, Paul. Glad to be here. Oh, so, so excited to have you on the show. And this is a topic close to my heart because money in itself, uh, I actually, I, I went through like almost bankruptcy in, in one of my old businesses. So I know how how important it is to get this kind of stuff right. So yeah. t- tell me, I want to dive straight in. How were you able to become financially independent where you don't have to take on a, a single client? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it was, it was a, kind of like everything, right? It's that roundabout way of doing it wrong, you know, until you finally figure out something that works. And uh, that's kind of what it was for me, because when I started, I was an entrepreneur, the first four years, I was that mainstream traditional financial advisor, you know, I didn't make much more than like a couple thousand a month. Like really, I, I could not really crack the code very well. Um, but when I started to do the opposite, right, do the opposite of everything I was being trained to do, that's when things got better, you know, and, and, uh, and so long story short, I, about end of 2005, you know, I, I actually had a friend who went to do real estate investing and, uh, and he, he actually was working with me in the company as a financial advisor, but he left to do that. So I went to call him, wish him Merry Christmas and a happy new year, you know, and, and I thought for sure this guy would be broke, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. In fact, it was the exact opposite. He said, Chris, my life is awesome right now. He's like, my dad and I have partnered up on some real estate deals. And now he's doubled his income as a professor at the local university. And I thought, okay, come on. That's too good to be true. Right. And that kind of stuff. Well, we finally got this debate and he finally just stopped me. He said, Chris, how many of your clients are financially free where they don't worry about money? Not just the ones that are retired, but they don't really worry about money. And I thought, and I said, none. (laughs) <laughs> they, even the retired ones, even the retired physicians, they still worry about money or running out of money before they, they pass on. He said, all right, Chris, well, good job. Way to go. How about this? How many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free, not off the commissions, not off the sales, right? But actually by doing the investments that you've been recommending that apparently hasn't worked for your clients yet. And I said, well, let me think. Uh, none. Maybe this one guy is. And I found that that guy wasn't either. He said, well, there's your problem. And I said, well, give me the answer. He said, I won't give it to you. I'm like, come on, like, give me something. You got me to admit that there's weaknesses here that obviously the financial planning world doesn't work. Give me something. And so he said, all right, if you're really serious about this, um, go get this book by Robert Kiyosaki called who took my money, which is actually a lesser known rich dad, poor dad book. Right. Mm. Um, and then he said, and also uh, go listen to this you know, AM talk radio show. This is pre-podcast era, right? So he's like, listen to this AM talk radio show locally. And there were two real estate investors and business owners, right? Um, both of them were seven figure type guys. And what was fascinating is that I started to follow and listen to these guys. 
they did, they very rarely talked about strategy. It was almost always about principles, right? Principles of wealth and money creation and things like that. Uh, you know, things like simple principles like dollars follow value, you know, like, which, you know, now we hear more about, but back then, you know, I used to think it was a zero sum game that you had to, um, if you wanted to make more money, you had to take from somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody had to lose for you to win or vice versa. If you're a benevolent person, which is what I would try to do, I would sacrifice my own money so that other people would get a better deal, right? And, uh, and then I'm just, you know, basically uh, starving. I'm, I'm you know, living a life of quiet desperation, you know, trying not to reveal that I'm more broke than the people I'm talking to. And, uh, and, and that, that shifted because I started to realize it's very formulaic that it actually is about how do you go about creating value? So to get back to your, your question is, how did I do it? The, especially because I did it twice. I had to do it twice. Uh, by the way, if you do it twice, that doesn't usually mean it's a good thing. It means I, I screwed up and then I had to do it again. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. um, but that first time, like I started obsessing over that question of how can I create more value for people? How can I create a win-win for people? And when I started coming from that, that still having that service mindset, but twisting it a little bit to, to realize that how can I create a win for somebody where it naturally comes back in the form of money? So for me, the first time was actually, it was, it was a lot easier than I expected because um, I remember I quit being a financial advisor. I vowed never to teach about money again, kind of ironic, I know. Um, but uh, I was like, you know what? I will just do mortgages. I would be a mortgage broker and I'll teach ballroom dancing at a local university. Uh, little known fact, I was one of the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers. Um, so in fact, my uh, team actually went to Blackpool, England to compete and win the world championships a couple, a couple years Blackpool in a row. Tower. What's that? Was it in the Blackpool Tower? Uh, it, yeah, Tower exactly. Ballroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was up there yeah. a few weeks about first time I've been. A very, very nice place. <laughs> very, very fancy place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so anyways, so I was doing ballroom and I was doing mortgages, right? Well, I remember one of those guys that was a millionaire. I started to, to talk with him, and and he said, "Chris, do you love doing mortgages?" And I said, "Well, I love getting people the results, but I hate dealing with paperwork. I hate dealing with." all the follow through that goes with that. He said, well, why don't you find somebody who will do that? Now, up to that point, it's, it didn't seem possible because in a scarcity world, when you believe that there's not enough of anything, right? You try to get all the revenue streams you could possibly get and not share with anyone. And so I said, well, do you think somebody would actually want to do paperwork? He said, Chris, there are plenty of nerds out there that love that stuff. I guarantee you'll find one. And so I went to my mortgage broker and I said, hey, is there a guy in this company here that I can use to do paperwork? And they said, yeah, talk to this guy. Well, you know, a few days later, we get set up a deal where we split it 50, 50. I bring him in. Like I teach him like what to do and what kind of loan to get. And then he does all the backend work. Well, what would amaze me is that I would work so hard to make maybe a few thousand bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So many hours. Well, now I spend maybe half hour to an hour with a client and then I make a thousand or 1500 bucks a month later that the check just kind of rolls in. I thought, well, that was easy. Can I do it again? You know, and, and who else? So I started becoming more of a connector, right? I was like, how can I start, you know, creating value? Like if it's not me, can somebody else do it? And Hey, can I create a connection that way? And, and now people call it like affiliate, but I just, you know, it was just simply like a referral model is all I was doing. Very organic. And, uh, and pretty soon I was making four or 5,000 a month working a couple hours a week. And it blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute, because I only needed 3,500 a month at that time to live. Uh, now I got, you know, eight kids, blended family. So wow. you know, now I need like more like 15 to 20,000 a month, right? 
but, uh, but still like I didn't need much and boom, there I was. And, and I was like, wow, I don't have to keep, you know, coaching. I was doing some stock coaching on the side. I, I don't have to do that anymore. And, and, uh, I'm like, well, what am I going to do with my time? I was 28 years old and essentially kind of retired. I'm like, well, what do I do? Because now these, these checks are just keep coming in and I'm barely doing a thing. I'm barely lifting a finger. Um, and that blew my mind. Right. Now, eventually I started doing other things with investing to bring in other multiple streams of income too. But in the beginning, I didn't have a lot of cash. And so for me, it was done through residual income streams through business, right? That was the key. And then I started bringing in what I call passive income streams from like things like real estate investing and things of that nature. It's Yeah, it's really interesting about the, the whole process of how you, you went on that journey. And one of the things you said to me as well, that you did it twice. Mm-hmm. So why did it fail the first time? Because I, the thing that worked, I stopped doing, you know, I got overconfident, right? Yeah, that's the, that's kind of that pride cycle you go through, right? You get that, you get a little egotistical because yeah. I started thinking like, because it was working so easily, so well, so well, I thought, man, how did I even make this work so great, you know, so easily? Well, I mean, those, it was mainly because it was based on principle, right? Well, now I start moving in. I'm like, well, you know what? Everything I touch turns to gold. I'm, yeah. I'm a rock star. I'm yeah. amazing. So, so I started getting sloppy, right? I started getting lazy. I start, you know, I start running up my expenses like crazy, you know, like I was hiring out, you know, people to clean my house and mow the lawn. And I'm not against that, right? Um, I mean, I still do that even today a little bit, but um, I was just running up the expenses, but then I was like trying to not work either. You know, I, I was, I was, I started losing sight of the whole dollars follow value part. And uh, at the same time too, I started gambling like with real estate right before the great recession hit. Um, Interesting so, time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I knew that cash flow was the number one factor to get you to be financially independent. Right. Cool. But then I thought, started thinking, well, wait, what if I can make a big, huge home run off of this thing? Cause mm-hmm. you know, if I buy a hundred thousand dollar little house and it grows 10%, I make 10,000. If I buy a half million dollar house, well, that grows by 10%, I make 50,000. So why not just go big? And, uh, and so I started banking on things like appreciation rather than focusing on those streams of income coming in. Um, also in 2007, I came out of retirement because then people kept asking me how I did what I did. And there was another, another group of guys that were saying, hey, we've done it too. Let's get together and teach people how we did it. So we're like, we kind of on this crusade, right? Like we're going to teach people how we got financially free. The f- ironic thing is the guy that uh, was the main partner of the company said, listen, uh, you need to cut your other streams of income off because you need to focus here. So, which is so stupid if you think about it, but I I was so caught up in being a team player and the vision and everything. I'm like, sure. Yeah. I'll cut off all those other streams of income and, and just focus on this as one active stream. So when I did that, cut off all those passive streams of income, I started gambling with my real estate and we had a a new company that we launched, which uh, was focused towards real estate investors right before the recession hit. (laughs) So we had a bad market um, and just bad timing and everything. So I went from what was like millionaire to upside down millionaire in a matter of about a year or two. Mm. Um, and that was a big wake up call. Right. Um, in fact, at that point I stopped teaching people how to get out of the rat race. I, I was like, Hey, I'm in the rat race now. I can't teach something I'm not doing. So instead I said, I started flipping around to what people were asking at that time a lot, which was how do I find money? Cause people were like, I'm short on cash. I can't find money. I'm like, and here's what I was thinking in the back of my mind. This is a good pivot story too, for those that are in business that maybe need to pivot because, you know, I was like, well, they would say things like, well, I don't, I don't have the money to pay you, Chris. And I said, well, 
what if I can help you find the money? Because what was going on in the back of my mind, I wouldn't say it verbally, but the back of my mind is I'm more financially messed up than you are. And I've had to get pretty dang creative. And if I were in your situation, I know I would find better, you know, more money and more cash. So I said, well, if I can find the money, would you pay me? And they said, yes. So I started flipping it a little bit where I started helping people find money and, and, you know, free up cash flow and things like that. And then they would start paying me. And eventually it took about a year and a half of struggle uh, of mm. going through some really dark days. I actually lost my home in foreclosure. So, you know, the, the guy that was in that bought it for super cheap, knocked on my door, says, when can you get out? And I said, we're about to have a baby next week. Can we rent oh, from wow. you for two weeks? And, you know, we're able to stay in and, and then we're moving out while my, my now ex-wife, she was having postpartum and going through all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, trying to struggle because it was, it was hard. Like you, you're, you're supposed to be the person that had it all figured out and you're, you're messed up in your life. Right. But uh, the ironic thing is once I went through all that mess, that's when everything turned around. I, you know, funny enough is uh, once I didn't, you know, have to pay for that house anymore. Once I got things really um, under control, that's when all of a sudden the right relationships came in, the right business came in and all of a sudden our business went from almost bankrupt to like booming, you know, over $5 million that next year. And, uh, and, you know, we're doing great. So, so, I mean, long story short, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff in there. Right. But um, that's where I had to dig out of that hole again. It eventually took me till 2016 before I was again out of the rat race. And then I felt comfortable to teach people how to do it again. What's, what's fascinating because I, I relate to this completely as well about you, you mentioned about cycling right and, and not not in the uh, bike sense in the yeah you've got having that cycling business uh i went through the same thing you know i i remember going to the bank and we just made a first sixteen thousand dollar month and i thought i was frigging king right i was i think about <laughs> 26 27 at the time I, yeah. thought I was actually king walking in there and just like yeah yeah cool so we yeah we should be able to access you at any time and all that stuff like within six months, we nearly went bankrupt. Um, and I didn't know my numbers properly. And it, we ended up in a right, right pickle, shall we say. Yeah. Now, do you think that to really have success, s- sustained success in business, at some point you need to cycle to the point, it may be not a foreclosure in your house, mm-hmm. but, but to a point where you hit such a low that it, it makes you humble. Because I imagine maybe you've worked with people in the past that you're like, you can tell that person hasn't cycled because mm-hmm. they haven't gone through that stuff, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, to some level or another, I think it happens to people. Um, yeah. I mean, the best thing, of course, is learn from our examples, right? Like yeah. stay humble, um, always stay vigilant, you know, in what you're doing and, and checking yourself, right? There's there's an old rap song that said, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Yeah. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, you got to always be in constant check of, of what's going on in your mind, uh, check your ego, check your pride. I mean, cause the truth is, I mean, even if you think, I mean, and I get it too, cause I was the same way. I remember, I remember when I had my first like $18,000 a month, I was like, I'm like rich, you know? Yeah. Cause I used to think that someone who made 30, 300,000 a year was rich, like millionaire status. Right. Um, and now I'm like, man, I can barely even live on 300,000 a year, you know, like, <laughs> And that's, no, I know that's exactly. just to pay for my expenses go up, right because when you yeah. when you start scaling the business part as well like i remember like if we made five thousand dollars in a month i was like wow uh-huh. and, and now, now i'm like I, I, okay that's not gonna fairly cover the staff <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it's there's always a bigger game there's always a, something better you could be doing it's like you're you're never that good you know yeah. um and even though i've experienced you know all-time highs like i've seen my business double year over year for the last couple of years 
it doesn't mean squat, you know, like <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it's just another stepping stone uh, on the way toward in your journey, you know? And, and I don't think there's ever like a, a goal or says like, I've done it. I've attained that, mm. that success because the truth is the journey is the success, right? Yes. Like who you are, who you become along that journey is what really matters. It doesn't matter what number you hit. It doesn't matter if you're, you're just trying to hit 5,000 a month or a hundred thousand a year. Uh, great. You know, that's awesome. But you'll get to that point and say, all right, great. Next step. And, and celebrate along the way, celebrate along the journey. Don't be like some people where it's never good enough because mm. those people are miserable. And, and I've, I've known those people, they'll make millions and they still think their life sucks, you know? So you don't want to be that person. So I, I, I think I agree with you. Like there has to be a, a hum, humbling happening, but you can either be humble by choice or you could be humble by life force, right? Like yeah, by life experience. Life will force you to if you don't do it by choice. I think that's exactly that's it's, the lesson. It's I remember one of my one of my friends said, he's like, you know, if at first you don't hear the whisper, you might hear the two by four hitting you across the face. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great analogy. So Chris, something that I wanted to dive into as well now. You could just go and lay on the beach, you know, put your feet in the mm-hmm. sand, pina colada in hand and 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 chill out. So why do, you, why do you carry on building the company even if, if you don't really need the money? Yeah, I've had to ask myself that a lot of times, you know, yeah. especially when you deal with growing pains, right? Yeah. Uh, especially as you move into seven figures, your team has to start growing with you. The vision has to be communicated more, right? Because I, I was able to hit seven figures in my business almost alone, almost mm. by myself completely without a whole lot of support other than like some little part-time contractors here or there. But that's not sustainable forever, especially if I want to stay part-time, you know, like if I, if I want to work full-time or overtime hours, great. I can hit multi-millions and still not have, a, you know, and a single employee. But um, the thing that for me really is, is, you know, you attain success, right? You attain financial freedom or whatever it is. So what, like, what's the purpose? You know, mm-hmm. what, you know, yeah, I can go lie on a beach or just go hang out with the family and, and that's fine and dandy, but yeah, I'll tell you, I did that again. Like I actually ran in that situation in, at the end of 2016 and beginning of 2017. Uh, I remember we went to California and spent two months snowboarding down there for the winter time, right? So we don't want to stay anywhere where it's cold where we live right now, where I am in, in the United States. Um, I went down to California, you know, in Southern California by San Diego and enjoy the nice weather. And I was working maybe five hours a week. Mm. And I'll tell you, it was miserable. Like it was one of the most miserable times of my life because yeah, I was doing my podcast. I still had my show that I was running and I was, you know, I was taking on a few clients part-time, you know, like just here and there, but ultimately I was bored. You know, I, I, if, for me personally, I can't really ever fully retire where I just don't do anything. I have to have meaning and purpose behind what I do. And I actually feel a duty and responsibility that the more blessed I am financially, the more I have a responsibility, a duty to, to share and bless more lives, right? Because why make all this money just to let it, you know, piss away for lack of a better word, you know, like what, what, what's the good of that? Like my ultimately when we die, we can't take it with us. So what kind of footprint are we going to leave on this planet when at the end of the day, like, what are we going to leave behind? That's going to be something meaningful. How can we leave a legacy behind? And, And then really that's what I see is that, you know, I can just be financially free myself or I can help others do the same and create that ripple effect. And that's why, you know, even like short-term, well, shorter, short of longish term vision, short-term vision is by 2030, I want over a thousand people financially independent, you know, whether it's in, people working inside my company, clients, whatever it might be, people that I know legitimately that I'm 
you know, we've one-on-one contact with that actually hit that. Cause that, I mean, imagine the ripple effect of that, right? I mean, a thousand people financially free where they don't worry about money, where they feel like they can create a bigger, bigger game and you can serve more people that creates a ripple effect that just, you, you can't really quantify. And, and that for me, that's what excites me. That's what gets me up in the morning is, is seeing that and seeing that, that hope that you bring people. And, and that makes my life rich, right? That's what makes it really rich. Not the money. It's the feeling I get knowing I'm making a great difference in people's lives. And then they're able to do the same. One of the questions that we ask everyone on the show, and you've answered like 90% of it with that. So I just want to see if you want me to add anything to it is what do you want to be remembered for when you die? Someone that brings hope, you know, a uh, hope, hope bringer, so to speak, right? What does um, hope mean to you? Hope means to me that you have a, a vision for a better world, you know, uh-huh. that uh, not just your own world, but that the world around you can be influenced. It's kind of like the matrix, right? Where he realized that he's, he can influence everything around him, right? You know, yeah. it's that kind of thing as well is that, you know, what can we do to really, you know, bring that hope, bring that, that not just optimism, right? But really bring that level of, of, I guess hope is the best word I have, right? That's just that, that ability for people to say, hey, I know I have a bright future. I have, I have hope that I can spend time with my family. I can, I can do the things that I want to do and I can make a difference in people's lives. I think that's, that to me is like what really just drives me. You know, I, I told somebody yesterday when I was talking to them, cause I said, you know, and they're, they're on the lower end. I was like, Hey, you know, this year we could probably increase your cash flow by 15,000 this year. Um, but I said, I'm like, but for you guys, you're newbies. Like you've never been in this. You're just starting to dabble by listening to a few podcasts. Mm-hmm. I said, for me, like the fact that you guys get, say you get 15,000 more coming in this year. And then we're also having, having you build your business too. And so pretty soon that passive income grows to like 20, 30, 50, hundred thousand a year. And, and it just opens up possibilities. And by the way, they make a hundred thousand a year. So for them to even double or even replace that income and then work by choice, you know, not because they want to, but they work because they, they want to, right. Not because they have to, it's such a different play, a, a different way of living life. It's such a different way of a different level of freedom that people never really get to experience unless you've been there. Yeah, I, I can t- totally relate to that. And what one of the things that we started in a few years back after I, I learned my lesson from that from the almost mm-hmm. bankruptcy was bucketing. Now, is that is that something that you teach people about, like you know, separating that money into different buckets? In fact, I'd, I logged into Transferwise this morning. And I noticed they've got this new thing called jars, so you can mm-hmm. easily separate your money into different jars as well. Is that something that you teach people as it regards like managing your money, or is it something different? Yeah, it's very similar in some ways, you know, it's, uh, I mean, my goal is to try to unlock people's money and get out of prison, as I call it, right? Because a lot of people will have money either locked up, it could be just like in a simple savings account, it could be locked up in these retirement accounts that they're not supposed to touch till they're in their 60s, right? It could be locked up in the equity of their home, you know, like I get a lot, of people, especially lately, where you know, here in the US, we've seen a lot of you know, prices increase, you know, especially as money's become more prevalent, prices are growing because there's less supply of homes. And, and so I, I just sold my house for, you know, like $300,000 more than I bought it for, you know, just three years ago, you know, uh, and, uh, and that kind of thing is like, people have this equity trapped in there. And then they, and, and the funny thing is, it's not about how much money you make in your job or in your business, because I've seen so many people in, in seven figure businesses still broke. 
And I don't mean broke like they're spending a lot of money. Sometimes that's the case, but it's broke meaning that they're asset rich and cash poor. So they have these assets. They have, you know, on, on paper, it looks like they have this good net worth. You know, they, they've built up these assets, but those assets don't pay them income, right? It's not really paying them income. They have to kill, keep actively working for what they do. They have to kill or hunt what they, what they want to eat. Mm. And, and that's not a free lifestyle. You know, that's, that's why you can't look at people that make seven plus figures and say, oh, I want to be like them. Because I know plenty of guys that are seven, eight, nine figure earners. And then, um, then we'll get together on a mastermind, you know, weekend or something like that. And they'll drink themselves silly because there's so much stress in their work. Like when they go out of town, they unwind and they just get drunk so bad that they're, they're sick and hungover pretty much the entire week weekend or, or week until they go back to their work again. And, and that's just not a life to live. Like that's just, I mean, that's, and especially because these guys are usually not in their twenties. Some of them are, but they're not in their twenties anymore. They're not young to where they can recover from a hangover quickly. They, they literally get sick, you know, like they, they're not in good shape. And you you cannot look at income as equating to success with financial freedom. You got to look at, do I have other streams of income coming in that so that if my business were to be, you know, to fail or even better, you know, like in the last year, we've noticed if your business becomes a non-essential business and the government says you got to shut it down, can you still survive? Can you still be free regardless of that business? Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that's the real measure. And so looking at people's stuff, it's like, yeah, we want to get your money work for you. We want to, we want to get your money, you know, you know, efficient, right? We don't want you to blow in all your cash, but we want to get that money, get into a place where we can get to work for you that it generates that other, in, those other income streams that just take the pressure off of you. And the funny, here's the crazy thing. Here's a secret in business. If you actually want to make more money in your business, get more multiple streams of income outside of your business. Because when you, when you get that feeling when you don't need the money, and even just building up savings, if you haven't built up savings yet, that might be your first step is building up some savings for emergencies. I didn't do that as a business owner at first. So I was always like, feast or famine, right? You have these big months and you're like, cool. Well, now I can invest it back in my business, which by the way, if you always reinvest into your business, you don't have profit. You're just spending money. Right. And so I would reinvest in my business, not have any profit. And then all of a sudden there's that month you're like scrambling, trying to figure out what to do your income. You're maybe you don't even take a check to bring home. And so you're like going late on payments and maybe worst case, maybe I even have collector calls coming in and that creates stress. And when you're desperate, when you're in a place of scarcity, you have to work at least four or five times harder in your business to make the same amount of money that you would make if you could relax. And when you know that you have either savings in the bank and, or you've got multiple streams of income coming in, the miracle thing is, is that when you know you don't need the money, that's when everybody wants to pay you money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's It's when you need the money is when it's, you have to work so hard to try to make it. And it's almost like people are like, yeah, I don't know. And they'll put you off or they'll say, yeah, I just don't get a great feeling about it. I just don't feel good. So I'm not going to do it. You're like, come on, I need the money. But when you're a place where you're like, I don't need the money. You're like, I'm good. Like, I know I can serve you. I know I can help you, but I don't need you as that customer. And by the way, you don't need a lot of money to do that. You could say, Hey, I've got 5,000 in the bank. Cause maybe that's what you would charge that customer. He's like, you know what? I don't need that customer. Cause I got that money right there. And the funny thing is your close ratios will go up, your revenue and your profits will go up. It's, it's incredible what happens when you create multiple streams of income and you don't have to rely and you have savings, good emergency reserves, just in case. Yeah. So it's a real actual abundance mindset, not a, not a fake, you know, and I know there's a lot of people out there just say, you just need to think abundantly. It's like, that's easier said than done when you don't have cash reserves. Oh, yeah. um, 
so what what i'd like to know then is is something that we ask everyone as well is what is one quick win that people mm-hmm. can use to amplify the business today like if if they could just go and take one thing and go and implement that today what would that be you know i was just if you haven't already done this and i know a lot of entrepreneurs don't is track your money just start tracking it you don't even have to create budgets like in fact i even hate the word budget i call it spending plan right because the mm-hmm. truth is even if you put money into savings, you're still spending it into that savings account, right? Mm. Like money is supposed to be used. It's supposed to be flowing in and out. And so, but what happens is most entrepreneurs get so focused on the income side, they forget to actually watch their money. And I'm not just talking about tracking your expenses. I mean, that's a given, but even tracking your income, because whatever you put your focus towards will expand and grow. And again, it's not revenue that you're just tracking. You got to track that, but track the money going out because profit is essentially what's going to create that freedom for you or not. You can, I mean, it's ridiculous when I had somebody, they said they were making 600,000 in their business and they said, you know, what's sad. My assistant makes more money than I do. I'm like I bring home way less. I think they were bringing home like 40,000 a year, but their business brought in 600,000, but they own the business hundred percent. I was like, you should be the number one paid employee of your own business. Not the other way around. Not, not the least employee, the least paid employee. Uh, and that's, and that's critical. And, and that has to start by you tracking money. And I'll tell you this, every entrepreneur I've had track their money, even the ones that are making less than five figures a year here, or no, it's not, not five years, less than six figures a year, right? Um, every single time there's at least $500 a month that they'll find just by tracking money. Not even, you don't even have to get cheap. You just, just by tracking your money, you'll start to be more aware and intentional of your money. And you'll have an extra 500 bucks a month or more. So that's an easy win right there is because heck, if you say like, wait, why am I paying that subscription still? I'm not even using that service. That's $25 a month. That might not make or break you, but that's $25 a month. There's a quick win. These ways say, great, I'm on the path, you know, to make sure that I got this lean, mean, like money generating machine that's paying me every single month or year or week or whatever it is that you're doing. That's what you need. And so just start there, start tracking your money, money coming in, money going out, and then make little tweaks and adjustments accordingly. And just, just to prove that is so powerful. I, I was actually doing a bit of a PL scrub this morning and, and going through my <laughs> stuff. I found within like 60 seconds, $300 in subscriptions that I yeah. could get rid of, which works out $3,600 a year. So I've just exactly. technically made $3,600 for 60 seconds of work. When you start to think <laughs> of it that way, when it's just like, okay, if I find that, how much is that worth over? And then what's, let's say how much that would have cost me over five years. Great. So I've just yep. made $15,000 in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's really, really powerful. So anyone listening back to this, like go and track your money, whether it's personal business or anything mm-hmm. in between, go, go and track it. So Chris, what seven figure entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next? You know, the one that popped in my head because I know several um, was a guy named Lee Arnold. Uh, he's a guy that's interesting because he's created a coaching program and he's got an investing type program too. So he's created like multiple businesses that he's created seven figures out of. So he's one of those guys that you don't often hear about. Like he's not the usual guys nominated, but a uh, pretty fascinating character. I love it. Yeah. Look, look forward to uh, getting him on the show. And finally, it's been fascinating speaking to you. You've had so many insights as well. Listen back to everything that's happened in this show. Where can people find out more about you and what you do? Yeah. Two places you can go. Uh, one, you can go to my website, moneyripples.com. That's R-I-P-P-L-E-S.com. Um, go right there. There's, you know, great resources and things you can find. 
Uh, you can also find my own podcast. If you're already listening to podcasts, you can go to the Chris Miles Money Show. Um, I've got like over 500 episodes on there right now. So a few to choose from, you know, I would, if you're just starting out, go back to the beginning. But if you're not starting out, if you've, you've been in business a little while, it, start from the end and work backwards because there's some great, great content on there. Absolutely fantastic. So go to the Chris Miles Money Show and go and check out that podcast. He's, he's got he's got all the setup if you're watching on the video as well. He's got the beautiful mic and everything. So it, like really, really high production value and there's going to be some fantastic insights. So go and check that out. You have been listening to the Amplified to Seven Figures podcast with me, Paul Ace, and my amazing guest, Chris Miles. Remember, amplify your business and amplify your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Amplified to Seven Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes, and this month's giveaway, head over to www.amplifytosevenfigures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify Amplify your your life.